Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. From radio shows past. Keep our promises. You're smiling. It's time for Clem Flurm. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Clem. Thanks for thanks for the call. And uh, as, as I believe it was Monday, it might have been Tuesday of this week. Tuesday. I got off on uh, this tangent. Uh. uh if you'll excuse the way I actually constructed that sentence. Uh-huh. And uh, I was talking about uh, a fellow who is from Arlington, and we actually interviewed him on the air, whose profession is that of salesperson for artificial insemination services. For both. Yes, for, for cattle. Both. Mm-hmm. We need to make cattle, that clear. Right. For cattle, right. yeah. And uh, that it seemed to intrigue you no end. Well, and you know, it, it's just been a wealth of material. You know, it's like I... I hit the mother load, or the so father load, if you will. No, 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 I won't. I, yeah. But, you know, this is probably going to be the last list on this. Oh, uh, no. Sorry to hear that. I think I've milked it enough. Yeah, so to speak. Well, you know something? I will say this. What you have taught me in these last few days, I never really thought about artificial insemination that much. Few people do. But what I realized from your list is that there can't be anything wrong with being an artificial inseminator. It's all good. Well, Everything before we get going, before you set it up too bit too much, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. couple things I want to say here. I was really right in mid I know, and I'm sorry. I messed up your um, rhythm. Yeah. But uh, on the subject of the bus cards, you know, Surf Dude mentioned something about a bus card with my name on it. I really want to strongly... Uh, caution people, please do not write Clem Flurm Rock on the bus card. Yeah. Do yeah. not write Clem P-H-L-E-R-G-M Rock. R-O-C-K-S. Do right. not write that on there. Right, okay, now. In, in spray paint or marking pen or anything, yeah. right? Exactly. Or crayon yeah. or anything. Sharpie and magic markers cannot be washed off of those things. Right, right. right. And again, please do not write Clem Flurm C-L-E-M-P-H-L-E-R-M G-M R-O-C-K-S or R-O-X for that matter. Just don't write it on those bus cards. Right. Hey, this top ten list is brought to you by the American Artificial Insemination Institute. The good people at IE want to remind you, <laughs> who puts the meat on your table? <laughs> hang on a <laughs> hang on a second, Clem. Get a hold of yourself, would you? And let's check Careful. traffic with Lisa Foster. All right, we're going to check in with Paul. What the heck I is eat. going on in Snohomish County this morning? It has been a wreck out there. Here, then, I believe, is again Clem Flurm with uh, a list that is, 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 is probably the last list, the final list, 
regarding artificial insemination. Right, unless, you know, I, I get lucky this weekend, but... Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so this is the top ten bad things about being an artificial inseminator. Oh, they're bad things. Right. You just said all, everything must be good about well, it. Well, no, there, there are some bad things. Okay, here are the top ten bad things about being an artificial inseminator. At the dinner table, no one asks, how was your day? <laughs> Number nine. It's tough to find a replacement when you go on vacation. Number eight. Even your daughter won't hold your hand. <laughs> Number seven. Perpetually dirty shoes. <laughs> Number six. Bulls won't look you in the eye. <laughs> Number five. Your teenage son won't look you in the eye. <laughs> Four? No matter how much you shower, you never really feel safe. <laughs> Numero trace. Your children tell their friends you're an astronaut. <laughs> Number two. Carpal tunnel syndrome. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and the... Number one bad thing about being an artificial inseminator. Every yahoo on the radio feels compelled to take shots at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Clem. 748 Como News Talk 1000. That'll be the last list on that particular subject. So I'm glad. You don't need to avert your ears anymore. This is Como News Talk 1000. Unlike last time, wanna, I'm going to assume we're recording. <laughs> we okay. are. All right, so here we go. Say something. Hmm? Say something. I will. I will. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You recognize this music, right? Uh, a lot of it was in a movie called The Sting years ago. I think Red, one of my Redford favorite and movies. And uh, Marvin Hamlish played a lot of these tunes, and they were all written by a fellow named Scott Joplin. And I know you've heard of that him too. But he's basically regarded Joplin is as the king of ragtime. But when he died, it's one of those stories where the the guy died penniless forgotten there's a little teeny tiny marker in the cemetery with mm. his uh, with his name on it and uh, and so it's recently sort of been resurrected uh, when he died penniless in 1917 it was unmarked for decades but somebody discovered it again and they've spruced up the gravesite now and it, it it's just attracting all kinds of fans of Joplin's music it's in wow. uh, it's in uh, Queens East Helm Helmhurst, Queens uh, Cemetery, St. Michael's Cemetery. So he lost his fortune. How did he lose I his fortune? I don't even know if he ever had a fortune. But, uh, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I, the, the pennies he did have. Yeah, and uh, they didn't have, uh, you know, residuals and things like royalties in those days. But uh, I, don't, I don't know his entire story. But it's neat that now he's got a, an official place where people can go who admire these mm -hmm. songs so much it's very different yeah it didn't sound like anybody else he he mm -hmm. basically invented ragtime yeah 
Very cool. Yeah. I've seen The Sting, I don't know how many times. Do you have any movies that you watch over and over and over just for the sheer pleasure of it? I, I'm, I'm, I watch probably more movies I've already seen than brand new movies. I just don't want to waste the time, and it's, it's a risk. I don't want to risk two hours of my life on something I don't know that I'll enjoy. Yeah. But I'm happy to rent something I know I've already enjoyed, and The Sting is is just, it's one of those. I probably watch at least once a year, if not more. Well, you know, I watch Citizen Kane quite a lot, and yeah. I never see the ending coming. I just, I can't, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I've seen it so many times. You think I would remember you would think. what Rosebud is all about, but I, ne- <laughs> I never see it coming. Catches me by huh. surprise every time. Well, that's good. It's like watching a new movie every yeah, time. I guess so. Hey, I want to clean up some business from uh, one of our earlier podcasts because I, as, right. as I often do, I stumble in, in into something and then I haven't really uh, researched enough or I, I haven't read all of or I can't remember where I saw it. I was mentioning this weird book that I have called After the Funeral. I don't know who gave me this. The Posthumous Adventures of Famous Corpses. Sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Yeah, I remember you telling yeah. me about that. Well, I was that. telling you specifically about Abraham Lincoln and uh, that uh, there was an attempt by some counterfeiters to steal his body and then to hold it for ransom. And uh, they wanted, uh, the, the, what they were asking to restore the corpse was the release of one of their gang members from prison. But the Secret Service foiled the plot at the last second. History never got the chance to record whether the authorities would, in fact, have traded a live convict mm. for a dead president. But it apparently wasn't the only time people tried to steal Lincoln's uh, body. God knows why. I never uh, realized there was value in... I always thought when you were trading prisoners or hostages it had to be they had to be alive to be of any value well i think lincoln's body in particular would be somewhat symbolic uh given the the civil war and all of that um you know it'd it'd be it'd be a some sort of ransom treasure based on his notoriety even though the yeah the body How, how long after he was buried did they take it and i'm asking this because i'm curious about the condition yeah well when when he uh his body actually was taken after he died uh in washington dc they took his body by special train on a 12-day 1700 mile funeral journey on a train all the way to springfield illinois and and i've read several books about this they stop at several places along the way there's this Big crowds of people, as you can imagine. I think he went up through mm-hmm. New York and Buffalo and across through Ohio and 1,700 miles. Well, along the way, uh, they didn't have the world's greatest embalming techniques in those days. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. So they I have would, another question. Yeah, well, for they would you. load, so they continued to add more and more oh. flowers, bringing bigger and bigger floral arrangements in as this as this uh, oh, caravan continued so that uh, they could sort of mask yeah. what was getting a little ripe to put it yeah. to put it bluntly
So I, so I have this question. I don't know if you know the answer, but you're a pretty smart guy, because I think about this stuff Who, late me? at night. This is the weird. This is the weird stuff I think about, and I'm too lazy to get out of bed and go Google it. And I still haven't Googled it. But <clears throat> if you are embalmed, okay. So what is that? So they take out all your. Your inner. If you're embalmed, and, you're dead. And, and stuff and, and stuff you with newspaper, and then what? Is it like taxidermy? Uh, Wait, <laughs> I, don't I, I, I don't know. I guess the the whole embalming thing is kind of creepy. But well, uh, this is my question because I want to <clears throat> know if does it preserve you like a wax statue forever, or does it? Does it go away and a year later, like if somebody a year later came and dug me up, would I still look all pretty or no? Uh, <laughs> this is important for me to know I, because I'm making I'm making some decisions here. Well, you're asking me uh, questions uh, that that I don't know intimately, but but you know they they will exhume bodies many many years after they've been buried because they will still right, have the DNA evidence that they can Right, use. but that's cuz they're bones and they may have like one hair or a fingernail yeah. still hanging on. What I'm asking is is does the embalming keep you? Is it I don't it think so. No, I fresh? think the inevitable uh march of time will uh, things will start to fall <clears throat> apart. Uh interestingly, your hair continues to grow. Uh, be, uh, it, the hair follicles will eat up whatever nutrients now, are still in the body. So if you, so when I did dig you up, Lisa, you might have a full beard. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I, I may have one when I die. I may get too lazy to even wax it then. Had a girl, an actual girlfriend. Yeah, she asked me. To trim back my face hair But nobody ever Tells me to shave Tells me to shave So I dumped her I dumped her ass straight away Cause I'm bearded We had no. some friends. We had some friends in my hometown, got kids that we went to school with, whose dad was uh, a funeral director. And I never stayed at their house, but my brother did. He spent, did an overnight there one time. And uh, in, in the middle of the night when nobody was around, that the, the funeral director kid says, hey, come on, let's go downstairs. I got to show you some stuff. Ooh. And they, That's so cool. And they went in there. It was cool. He's my, my brother said it was pretty cool. It's creepy yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. He said, I don't remember sleeping all that well. But if, you know, you grow up around it like those kids did, you, you know, you'd obviously get used to it. Uh, yeah. And, and somebody's got to do it. And, and talk about steady work. You know, that that pretty much right. is. So. I doubt that that technology will ever uh, take over that industry like like it has other industries. I just really don't, unless I don't know. <clears throat> well, we just maybe they 
we just had Maybe Memorial they get Day to do it. Yeah, we just yeah. had Memorial Day go by, and I always make a sojourn out to the uh, cemetery here mm-hmm. in my hometown, where my parents are located. Sadly, one mm-hmm. of my brothers, and uh, mm-hmm. just tons of cousins and family and and people gone by. So so it's like I'm out there for like two hours, mm-hmm. uh, but. What I noticed about this place, this cemetery, which I've been going to since I, you know, forever, uh, it's getting pretty full now. And I and I read recently that Arlington National Cemetery is all but right. full, and they're going to have to, they're going to have to uh, de- decline some, some military uh, people, right? E- even though they are justified in being buried there because they don't have any they gotta room save- left. They got to save spots for the really, really important people out there. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but uh, so, but I think a few many years ago, my wife and I, uh, and partly because I was grieving the passing of my my dad, we mm-hmm. bought some real estate right next to them. So we, you know, chances are I'm not going to wind up there anyway. But we, you know, mm-hmm. so we had these plots next to them. And yeah. and my and uh, and when my br- brother passed away a few years ago, we put him in that spot. But it turns out now, because more and more people, if not most, are getting uh, cremated instead of right. I mean, you can stack them now, is what I'm saying. So right. they told and us that's... you could stack eight eight uh, remains in what was one plot. Right, because in... they're just ashes. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to stack more than that. Yeah, I, I suppose so, but uh, that's what we were told about this. Oh, I see what you mean. Bury, like, oh, well, you mean put in one flat area, yeah. not stacked. Yeah. Of course, his his ashes, I have uh, I have uh, some of his ashes here at my house. All my brothers mm-hmm. do. And then some of them were scattered in some places that he loved. And so what there is at the cemetery is, is precious little. Uh, right, but uh, it, officially his marker is there. And uh, did you? Uh, so, so I had this come up with my mother. Um, my mother, as you know, passed away when I was uh, twenty nine years old. Yeah. This was right before I moved up to uh, Seattle. Right, the the same year I met you. Was that a that year? Was, was year. that a reason for your move? Yes. Yeah. I I left California to come up here and closer to my aunt since she was the only family that I have and I was lucky enough to land um, a traffic reporting job and you were one of my first uh, my first people but she uh, loved Yosemite Park um, more than anything itself and so one of the things that I did was packed her ashes up to Yosemite Park with my aunt and spread a handful of them in I forget which one of the falls. There's Bridal Veil Falls, and there's uh, tons of yeah. I've never of, been she there. Just, but she oh gosh, Pat. If you if you ever get a chance to take Patty and the camper and go to Yosemite, it's so gorgeous. And she grew up uh, spending a lot of her childhood camping at Yosemite. It's just one of her favorite places. But you know, it's really illegal to be spreading human ashes yeah, I know. out. I know everybody in, does it, but it is. Uh, at least it's illegal in some places. I, don't, I, I don't think even, it's illegal. I don't even know. Where. I think you have to, like even on a boat, you have to be so many miles out to sea before you throw yeah. their ashes yeah. out. You can't yeah. just get out in your dinghy and throw them in the sound. You got to get 
pretty far out. But uh, yeah, you're right. We saw a lot of people with backpacks there, which I'm wondering how many other people. And I was very nervous. I thought for sure I was going to get arrested, but nothing was going to stop me from, you know, putting her where she wanted to be, a place that yeah, she loved. And and I I would do that for anybody that I cared about. I would risk being arrested. I wonder how long they, what the fine is for that or how long you'd be arrested for. I don't know. I, I, uh, I, my, you know, the old joke, my wife always has wanted to be, have her ashes scattered in Nordstrom. Uh, and I, <laughs> I think that would be patently illegal. But my wife had a friend, a girlfriend, whose mother died. And they wanted to uh, bury her, uh, her ashes, next mm-hmm. to her father, her the, the the woman's husband. But there was no room. They, they just had a solitary plot there. So Patty uh, and the and this woman, in the dead of night, went to a cemetery. This is in Seattle. I forget which cemetery. <clears throat> and they. Uh, they snuck in there. They climbed over the fence, and and they're they're walking around in the night with a flashlight, trying to find the grave of the fathers, and they're going to put her mom's ashes in there. Well, they finally like find just the gra- with a sh- with a shovel. They're just going to dig it up. Yeah, and they're going to dig it in there. They could dig down a ways and then put ashes in there and cut out. Uh, Ill advised, <laughs> but this is what they did, and uh, okay. and so so they finally find this plot. And it is not in the darkest part of the cemetery. It's in the brightest part of the cemetery. It's right next to the one of the busiest roads in Seattle. There's all kinds of car headlights flashing onto them, and uh, it just became. It just became. We can't do this. We can't. We're yeah. gonna get caught. So they right. left. So, so what the uh, Patty's uh, girlfriends wound up doing was keep and still has to this day her mother's ashes are in her mother's favorite purse. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what and that's where they remain. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, it, it, what a great idea. It is kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. That is right. really cool. And he said don't call the doctor, don't call the nurse. Call for the lady with the alligator purse. She knows a spell to lift this curse. Go find the lady with Well, so, I do want to be cremated, but I don't know where I, I don't know where I want you to throw me. So yeah, well, I'll, you said- I'll come up with that. I just I, I do want I did I I well I did want to find out about the embalming thing because I thought well maybe that's the way to go if it's like a forever thing, but if you're saying it's not, then forget it. I'm just gonna get cremated. Yeah, I, I don't think no nothing's forever. I mean, you're going to still you've turned into bones and ashes and. Uh, well then, what's the point fodder? of embalming? What's the po- well? It makes it, it it keeps you around for long enough so you can get through the service and oh, if you're going to do an open it. casket deal, sort of. Oh, thing. does anybody do that anymore? That I don't yeah. know if I've really. Yeah. Oh, I just don't want to. I'm don't, not a big fan. I of yeah. no, that's scary. It's, that's very scary to me. I don't think anybody looks. There's oh, he looked. He looks like he's he looks sleeping. So peaceful. No, he looks like he's <laughs> sleeping one off. Looks like he got really drunk, got hit by a car, and then went to sleep. Yeah. Uh, nah, I, I'm not. And and uh, you know, there's always the debate. You know, 
hey, kids, grandma's died. Should you bring the kids, the little kids, to something like right. that? Right, right. We never did. I just thought it would yeah. be a little too much for them. Yeah, that's just sort of traumatizing, I think. Did I ever tell you the time? Oh, and this is a really gross story, but since, oh, we're, on, since we're on the topic. I can't to- wait. <laughs> since we're on the topic, uh, Patty's, my wife's um, great aunt passed away. And so she goes to uh, the funeral home. And I don't know why she was involved in this, but they asked her, could you help, uh, you know, she, this woman had a, a number of wigs that she liked and put one of her nicest wigs on her and uh, maybe a little makeup. I mean, they're, the funeral director is going, or the, you know, the people who prepare the body, they, they go to just so far. And then if you want to add uh, any other little touches like makeup or right. eyeshadow and stuff like that, then you come in and do that. You're welcome to do it. Uh, oh, I thought they had people that did that. Well, maybe like they do. Hire. But, it, but yeah. for some reason, and against her, really her better oh god instincts, but somebody had asked oh. her to do this. So she goes and there. she did it. Oh so here's god. the thing. And this is the thing you're not, you're not going to believe. So what? she's trying to apply uh, lipstick to oh, this woman no. and I, I i guess they you know sew your various orifices up once they put the embalming stuff fluid you with in newspaper or stuff you with newspaper or sawdust or something well she's as she's applying the lipstick to the lips the lips you uh, part and and fluid embalming fluid comes no. flowing out It's just so horrible. It's horrible. She said it was truly horrible. It was like a, a scene from a horror movie. Uh, huh. Yeah. Now, so, how do they stitch your lips up without anybody see? Like, I don't know how they do it. Maybe good... they just use glue or something, but whatever it well, was. Well, I was going to say, now hold. you can, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. That's just Not wrong. good. Okay. This, by the right. way, is, uh, this is the famous uh funeral which i think i have told you about before but i haven't told it on the podcast in a while what? so so this is the and this is an absolutely true story uh i was involved in a, and and i said um let us let me pick some music out it was in this nice thing they had a nice sound system and all of this what was one of her favorite songs and she said um uh, there's no question about it um, it's an old World War II song. I'll be with you in Apple Blossom time, or something like that. Uh, it, uh, we knew that Frank Sinatra had done a, a wonderful rendition of it. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll be, I, I know, I know what now. it was. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places. That that one. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places. That this heart of mine embraces all day through. Yeah, that's a so, good song for a funeral. Yeah, it was. It was. I thought this is really nice, and it was one of her yeah. favorite songs. This will be perfect. And when the night is new, I'll be looking. The moon, but I 
I, br- I go to, this is stupid me, uh, rather than, than isolate that song on a, on a single CD that I burned myself <laughs> so that there would be no other choice on that right. disc but that right. song. Instead, uh-huh. I bring sort of like a greatest hits of Frank Sinatra album with me on CD that I had in my library. and I Right, and, and you're, you're, you tell them, play cut 16, and mm-hmm. that's what... Right. So I go. So I go there, and this, and, and you. Sometimes you gotta trust your instincts, and and sometimes you can tell this guy is gonna screw this up, and that was the case. I go to the back, the audiovisual guy, and I'm. Let me just stereotype, okay? Was uh, his name Larry? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> almost certainly, in fact. <laughs> okay. Well, Larry's oh, no. not here today. My name's Fred. <laughs> Okay, Fred, uh, I need you to play cut number eight. Cut number eight? What do you mean by cut? I mean, <laughs> CD has different tracks on it, right? Uh-huh. So, here, I'll just let me show you. Uh, here's cut, one, two, two, two. You just dial up the number eight, and it will play. See? That simple. Okay. Right. Let me write this down. <laughs> oh, no. Cut number, what was it? Eight. Cut number eight. Cut number eight. N U M B E R. Number eight. Is that the numeral eight or the word eight? Or is it like I ate a sandwich? No, it's the numeral eight. It almost it was almost like that. Oh my god. So I never felt good about it from the get go, but I I thought I'd been thorough as I could be with him. Sure. This is gonna happen. Okay, so Sure. So so the funeral comes, the the kind words are said, there's a eulogy is delivered. Uh it's a very lovely service. And then comes the penultimate moment and, and you know, Larry or Fred knows when that is because it's gonna be really obvious because the, the the minister or the preacher or whoever he's going to say and now we'd like to play one of Sophie's favorite songs that Perfect. says everything you need to know about her right right now and <laughs> and this is the song that plays she never bothers with people she'd hate cut number seven <laughs> that's why the lady is a tramp and that's a true story. Oh, no. Yeah. Did you just let it go, or did yeah. you race back to Fred and go, no, 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 I, I, just, I, I just let it go. I told my wife, just let it go. Who cares? Oh, that that could be her favorite song. Right. When he said the part that just describes her pretty well, that, that's kind of unfortunate, <laughs> but that's okay. It was oh. a great. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's why the lady... Is a tramp. That's good. I'm sure more people remembered that. Of course, absolutely. Hey, um, uh, I was listening to uh, an album in my car the other day, uh, and it was a bunch of had a bunch of Beach Boys songs on it, and it occurred to me that did I ever tell you the time that I got to introduce the Beach Boys on stage? No. Because this is great. This is this is great. Uh, I got I was asked to be the host of a birthday party. It was a 50th birthday party for a pretty wealthy man. And uh, and so, uh, and his when wife... When was this? When this was, was this? When uh, we pro- were working together? No, no. This was probably about 
seven, eight years ago. Oh, okay. And so it, this is pretty recent. It, pretty much. And it took place at the, uh, what was then called the Experience Music Project. I think they've renamed yeah. that place now. But they have a great stage there, an actual stage and big room where they would often present live music. So this is where this party was going to happen. And the, and so I went and met with this fellow's wife. And she said, we got a great night uh, ahead. It's going to be a lot of surprise guests, people he hasn't seen since college days. And it's going to be really neat. His sister's flown in from, you know, Bolivia or whatever. It's going to be great. And I've also hired two bands, two really good bands. One of them is Loverboy. Oh my gosh! You know that you know that song? Yeah. Yeah, and turns out the the guys from Lover Loverboy were great. They were big fans of uh of the, the almost live the tv show i was in really because so, they just lived up the road there in vancouver oh, and I victoria did not, yeah. i didn't know that so they were they were gonna play and then she said and then his absolutely favorite band i got him the beach boys So the, the evening begins, and there's different things going on. There's going to be a, a, a birthday cake presented at some point, and, and, and the schedule is entirely on, on the wife. This is her deal. She, she, I just say, you tell me when you want me to introduce somebody or what, when you want me to fill with some jokes or whatever, and you, I'll just follow your lead. She said, okay. So we go out, and then pretty soon she said, okay, this is the time I would like you to bring Loverboy out there. So I do. I say, ladies and gentlemen, here's a little band that just up the road, the Loverboy. People can't believe it. This, oh, is not, right. this is not like a birthday party they've ever had. <laughs> right. And then, so that goes over really well, and people enjoy themselves, and there's dancing, and there's a lot of booze being poured, and a lot of food and, and stuff. And, and so I go over to her, the wife again, at one point, and I say, uh, I, the Beach Boys, um, when do you want me to introduce them? Sorry, that's my phone. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think there's a podcast that we do that no, the there phone really doesn't isn't. ring. <clears throat> no, I, I my phone, right. I, I would just like to point out, my phone just rang as well, but I had it. There's a, this thing called Silent. Hmm. Yeah. We'll oh! Look into that. <laughs> you just got a text. Yeah. I or, heard it. Or, or a message left. Uh, so, uh, uh, so... Uh, she said, okay, "Oh no, her. no, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna eat cake first. We got a lot of other things. It won't be for a while." I said, "Okay, great." So I go backstage, down where where the Beach Boys. And by the way, the Beach Boys, um, you know, come on, I can't answer it must this. be important. I think you should answer oh, it. 
Oh, I'm not going to answer it. So, um, I'm seeing it's making me so lose you my went, place. So, I know. So, you went backstage to oh, yeah. the So, I go backstage, and uh, the Beach Boys are and And I was going to say, there are only like two original members left. Oh, I Mike, was going to ask about that. Yeah, Mike Love and somebody else. I don't remember. Okay. But uh, two of the guys. And then all the rest of these are these younger, uh, really sharp guitar players and good singers and stuff. So what I noticed uh, when I've seen the Beach Boys on TV recently is that the, the, the original Beach Boys, they do all the talking. They do the introductions and songs right. and jokes and all that. But once the songs start, they sort of very carefully step back from the microphone so that they're almost inaudible. Really? And, and they're letting the other younger guys yeah. do the, sing the leads out front. And, and I, it, just, can I just, it does sound can, better. Can I just point something out? I think that if you if like if you have a band and there are none of the original members, you need to have a new band name. You can't be the Beach Boys for a hundred years. You ha- no, you, but these they, they, they were two of the original guys there, and then some, some and then some guys that came along later. So nah, I, mean, there, I don't know. There, there was just... a semblance of a band there. I mean, what, what would you say? Well, I I think what you're saying is Paul McCartney doesn't come out. With Ringo and say, here are the Beatles. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And here's two other guys. You don't know them yet, but they're part of the Beatles. Yeah. That just isn't... No, I no. know. But but the, yeah. so many of these acts now are consistent I know. of one or two. I went and saw The Temptations right. a couple years ago. You hear about like all these... like one guy left. Yeah, yeah, you hear about all these bands coming to town. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they were still together. And then you find out, no, there's like one... There's a half a guy that's still in the band. Yeah, yeah, Just gonna, half of them. I, I got tickets to go see America. You know that band, America? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be at the county fair. So I'm going to go watch, listen to the America concert after I go to the equine barn and find a horse with no name in there. <laughs> right. On the first part of the journey I was looking at all the life There were plants and birds and rocks and things There was sand and hills and rain The first thing I met was a fly with a buzz And the sky with no clouds The heat was hot and the ground was dry But the air was full of sound I've been through the desert on a horse with no name It felt good to be out of Okay, so anyway, so... America used to be three guys. Now it's just two guys, and they're still American. I think, I I mean, I think when you get down to one guy, like a three-dog night comes out with just (laughs) one dog, that's it. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Even though they're playing the hits. It just feels, I don't know, dishonest in some way to me. To me, yeah, to keep does. calling the band name the same name, make it like make it like part like like uh, you know the the Beach Boys Part Two would be the full name of their yeah. band, or well, my, or the Beach of, Boys Revisited or something. Yeah, well, that, that I was gonna say my one of my favorite bands of all time was Creedence Clearwater Revival, oh, and then when yeah, they had no this kidding. dust up hey. with John Fogerty. then they reformed as Creedence Clearwater Revisited. Revive Revival. Or something, yeah. Revival. Revisited, I think. 
Oh. So, uh, so because Fogarty's not in the band, and but they play all those those songs. I don't know. It's very complicated. I left a good job in the city. For some reason, this is Leonard Nimoy. Working for the man every night and day, and I never lost one minute of sleeping, worrying about the way things might have been. Big wheel, keep on turning. Proud Mary, keep on burning. Rolling, rolling, rolling on the river. At any rate. Uh, okay, so, so back to the Beach Boys. So go I go backstage. backstage and the guy, and one of them says, hey man, when are we going on? I said, well, you know, it's funny. I just talked to her about that. She says there's going to be a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, you, you guys are probably not going to go on for at least an hour. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll go out and take a smoke or something. I said, yeah, okay. But I'll, I think it's going to be quite a while. And so they seem fine with that. And then I leave and I come back out. And and uh, it, it, it can't be five minutes later, Lisa, that the wife runs up to me and says, let's bring, let's bring the Beach Boys on right now. This is the perfect time to do it. Oh, bring no. them on. It's perfect. Go get them. I said, well, I just told them that. But no, get, I want it to happen right now. Right now. Oh, no. Okay. So so I go backstage. And, and some of them are there, but not all of them. So I just say, you guys, you're coming on right now. And, and then I go up on stage because I'm supposed to introduce them. Right. And I go, uh, I have some kind of opening like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we wanted to make something really special happen here tonight. And we scoured the country for a cover band for the Beach Boys. <laughs> I mean, there are tons of great cover bands out there doing Beach Boys songs, but it turns out every single one of them was booked for tonight. So I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to settle for the actual Beach Boys. Here they are. Oh. Then I introduce them. That's awesome. And then, what a great introduction. That's so good, I, Pat. So I, thank you. So I go off down the stairs as they're coming up the stairs, and <laughs> Mike Love is saying quite loudly to me, you oh. mother son of a why and because i because i told him he's gonna have an hour and then oh. all of a sudden he's on stage and i wasn't my fault but as soon as he's through with his tirade and once he actually gets onto the stage then it's hi everybody how you doing <laughs> hey of what a great night huh wow what a birthday celebration wouldn't it be The, wow, the night is, and day, the night and day of that was just funnier than hell to me. Yeah, that's a showman right there. You know how yeah. to turn it on. But so, <laughs> really so you know, so you obviously lost a friend. You're not on his Christmas card list anymore. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. That's uh, a shame. But, but uh, the the birthday party worked out great, and that's my Beach Boys story. <laughs> that's a good one. I liked how you introduced him. That's very funny. Very good. <laughs> yeah, and I just I loved that. What he's yelling in my ear as we were crossing past each other. I'm coming off stage. He's going up. Yeah, I don't remember any of those words in any of the Beach Boys songs I remember. 
yeah, they they seem pretty clean cut, but yeah. Hey, um, so uh, about time to wrap it up here, but you've yeah. got a couple of personal uh, projects as we all do in our houses, and you. Yes, uh, you, I do. You actually had to have your house uh, raised, leveled up, right? Yeah, not R A I Z E D, but R or R A Z E D, but R A I S E D. My because house, was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it sits on, a, as you know, on a creek, and a lot of these homes in this area, they just like pulled in a bunch of dirt and then poured the foundation. They didn't like right. really pack right. pack it in very well. So they had to come out. Um, I was getting some cracks in the ceiling and cracks in the wall. And you know that underneath the house is the last place in the world that I would ever go. I don't think there is one single thing, not one single thing that would ever motivate me to go under my own house. You know what? Don't feel bad about that. I mean, uh, we have had... Uh, professional plumbers and uh, folks, yeah, who, who reta- even they, uh, pest control people they that gotta they, go they, under they, you can tell they don't want to go under there. They really don't. They'll garb up. They'll put on all kinds yeah. of clothes and stuff. And, it is and, a nasty, scary place down there. You don't know what you're going to encounter. Yeah, I know. So, so they had to come out and and go under and check all the you know. And they came came in and they did this. It was really kind of cool. They take a level. Uh, uh, what do they call those sort of laser things from one end of the house to the other right. to sort of figure out how far off it is. So they, it's a pretty big project. They had to come out with uh, steel pipes, and they have to actually uh, hydraulically pound these these. So suckers. They're like jacking your house up. Well, they have to pound like these steel changing pipes. Changing a tire. <clears throat> right, but they have to pound these steel pipes down into the ground to find what what's called hard pan, I uh-huh. believe is what it's called. And only then are they able to then attach the things to the house and lift it up. You can't there's no sense in lifting it up if you got soft sand that you're, you're going to sink down in. again, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So, uh I had one entire corner, two sides of the house done. And I sent you, I texted you the pictures of the the, the dirt and that they yeah. had to the dig yeah. up. And one of the pipes went down nine feet, which, you know, I said, wow, that's a lot. And, he, and I came out later on. He said, this one went down 12 feet, 12 feet before they could find the hard pan. But anyway, they got it all leveled and they cost me $8 million and I wrote him a check and I don't know if it's going to clear, but so yeah. that's all done. But you but had I to have it done or you're going to lose your house into the I had creek, to have it right? done and yeah. yeah. And and yeah, it just, it was weird because, you know, you'd always feel like you were walking on a tilted ship. But when I'm now, my, I, have, I, have t- <laughs> I have two doors in the back of the house that don't close. They don't close. Uh-oh. They, 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 they rub on the top now. Like, You're gonna have to be rehung. I guess probably. I don't know. I, I remember my wife talked about going to her grandparents' house in Kent when she was a little girl, mm-hmm. and she said you could put a tennis ball on yes. the the floor, and it <laughs> yes. would just take off. You wouldn't right. have to push it; it just start That's rolling what, all the way across the floor. That's what happens in my house. All of of Sherman, uh, baby Sherman, and Quince's balls all go into one corner. I always know where to find all of them because they would just <laughs> roll in, down into that one corner. So, so I got I, I got that handled. It wasn't fun to do, but boy, those guys are good and they worked hard and it took them three days to get everything le- jacked up and leveled back out again. But uh, it's quite a, quite a project. So, uh, so now that that's done, now. 
I'm going to be getting my house painted and getting some of the It's like it just never ends. It never ends. I got to get the siding fixed and get some new windows put in. I got to fix these doors. <sighs> just tired of it all. So Very tired of it. I'm here. <laughs> Do you even care? Yeah, no, I think And that's here's fine. the thing. Here's the thing. Ending. And I, compl I, I, I complain all the time about, you know, I know I complain to you all the time about it, but I don't have anybody. It's, this is me. I own the house. I don't have, I don't have a, a husband or a boyfriend or even a girlfriend. So I don't even have anybody to sort of bounce this stuff off of, like, helping me with quote. You know, you got to get three quotes. And, well, did you like that guy? No, I thought he was a, I, I thought he was an ass. We're not going to hire him. Or nobody to play good. Do you, do you and Patty play good cop, bad cop when you're sort of negotiating this stuff? Who am I going to play good cop, bad cop with? I have nobody. I don't know about that, but if I'm playing my cards right, my wife and I will play bad doctor, good doctor. She gets too hungry for dinner. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.